1: Hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza on this Monday morning. Two minutes past the hour, taking you right up until seven a.m. Eastern Time. Here's truly sitting again, Scott Wetzel. Taking some phone calls. Maybe this hour, five or eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Again, eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Send a tweet at Opposite Picks. Got our poll question up there. Which athlete uh, should be the highest paid in American sports? Uh, LeBron James, Tom Brady, Mike Trout, or other get your vote in. We'll update that a couple of times before we're through. Breaking down the NBA from yesterday, little NHL. Uh, College basketball stuff, as we had another streak broken yesterday, uh, both in the NBA and in in college basketball. And uh, we'll do our opposite picks later on uh, this hour, as we always do, right around uh, 6.40 or so Eastern time, uh, depending on when you guys get back for the break. So all that's coming up over the next uh, six minutes with yours truly, uh, Scott Wetzel. Yep, NBA yesterday. uh, You had a crazy finish there in in Washington with the uh, Wizards beating the Nets. Horrible loss if you're a Brooklyn fan. Just brutal, You, you know. I know it's the NBA, and you can't take anything seriously in the regular season. You just can't, no matter what happens in January, February. It's got absolutely nothing to do, really, on uh, what happens in uh, April and and uh, July, June, July, you know, or June anyway, when the postseasons are are getting underway and the finals are being played. So, but it's, it's just a bad look. You can't lose to the Washington Wizards if you're the Brooklyn Nets. No James Harden last night. I get that, but. And they lose giving up 149 freaking points. 100 In regulation, 149 to 146. They blow a five-point lead uh, as the Wizards score 10 points in the final 10 seconds or so. I mean, it's just crazy back-to-back threes. I mean, it was just – and then the Nets uh, blow a gimme layup at the buzzer that would have won it, but instead they miss it and they foul, so Wizards win by three. Most points in a regulation game in 25 years, 149-146. Uh, unbelievable. Almost 300 points in regulation. Wow. And that's without James Harden, who didn't play yesterday. Imagine if they would add Harden. Uh, Teacups beat the Cadavers, 109 104. Who cares? Raptors over the Magic, 115 102. Uh, you got the 76ers winning without Embiid, 119 110. First time they've won without Embiid in the lineup this year. And Ben Simmons, how about that? How about a Ben Simmons sighting? He actually had 21 points on 9 of 12 shooting. Didn't take a three, but you know what? I'm assuming most of those weren't dunks. So maybe Ben Simmons is finally picking up his game. Uh, Yogi had uh, 47 uh, for Denver, which beat the Jazz 128 to 117. So Utah's 11-game win streak and against the spread streak uh, was snapped yesterday. And so was Drake's, believe it or not. What, what's that? Well, it's, it's more than just cupcakes. Drake basketball. Yeah, I know. It sounds goofy. But they they were 14-0. and And more importantly, for our purposes, 12-0 and against the spread. Yeah, they have covered every line game this year, 12-0. and 0. That takes some doing. Until yesterday, when they did win, but barely, against Illinois State, which is, is putrid. I mean, they're awful. Uh, as 18-point favorites, Drake only wins by, uh, was it, one or two in overtime. So they get the victory, so they're now 15-0, and 0, but that against the uh, spread streak is done. So, uh, 78-76 in overtime. They win by two. Uh, Illinois State falls to 5-11. and Drake now 16-0. I, I won short of them, one. Uh, so, they had three line games that weren't there. Scott Wetzel sitting in on a uh, Monday morning, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Going over uh, all the action from yesterday. So, yeah, I-, I mentioned it. It's just a weird, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't. You know, it- it's just something about weekends. Maybe it's fluky. I, I don't know, but there's something about weekends and streaks in sports. They they end, I would say eighty percent of the time. Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, uh, Sunday night, th- those st- Saturday afternoon, whatever the case may be. I, I'm just telling you, you know, if you play it against the streak system, you know we have systems for everything. You would have won on uh, Illinois State against Drake. You would have won on Denver versus uh, the the uh, Utah Jazz, which had their streak snapped. You you would have uh, won on, uh, you know, maybe uh, Philadelphia because their streak of not winning without Joel B got snapped. I mean, I know it's it's goofy little stuff like that, but it is, it's amazing how many times that comes into play. Uh, it really does. So uh, Drake does win, but the, their against-the-spread streak is now over. So every team now has at least one against the spread loss. Breaking down the, uh, and in hockey and in stuff, nothing crazy happening. Leon so Suttle, uh, six assists for Edmonton, uh, which scored seven goals in the first uh, two periods as they blow out Ottawa. And as we kind of get into crunch time here in the NHL, things kind of picking up a little bit and uh, nothing else really crazy uh, going on. As far as the football stuff, uh, we're breaking it down with the uh, Matthew Stafford trade. You know, that leaves now the Houston Texans on the board. We got to take a break here, but when we come back, And what's not being told is that if the Texans really, really, really said, all right, you know what, we have a new GM in essence, we have a new head coach, we got dissension on this team, Uh, our best player, Deshaun Watson, wants out. Uh, You know, our our second best player, theoretically, J.J. Watt, um, who knows where he stands. If they wanted to, they really could say, "Time time to jump ship. Time, you know what? We made a little run here. Uh, we thought we had our quarterback in the future, but it doesn't want to be here. They could put together a monster package. They'd have to get, I think, two teams involved, but we'll talk about that next on why the Houston Texans need to trade J.J. Watt and Sean Watson. That's next on an opposite picks Monday morning. News truly Scott Watson, serious exceptional to. Two. 24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. I think it's important for all of us to take some time, and I think, you know, when the time's appropriate, we'll have discussions with the players. I think it's important for us, whatever conversations that we're going to have with players about their individual situation, that we do it directly. Um, We do it face-to-face, and you know when the appropriate time comes we'll
0: sit and spend some time with Deshaun but certainly looking forward to the opportunity to to work with him yeah he's our
1: quarterback and again you know once we have an opportunity to spend some time together we'll, we'll further discussions but can't tell you how much respect and admiration uh, that I have for him for for who he is as a player and what he means to this franchise. Good, uh, Nick Casario, GM of the Houston Texans, or at least uh, th- at least at this point, the boss. I mean, th- there's been some uh, discord on what his role really is with this club. Well, you talk about a screwed up franchise, I-, I must say. But you know, that all said, Scott Wetzel on a uh, Monday morning, 13 past the hour. Uh, you know, th- those plans all sound good, <clears throat> but that doesn't necessarily mean that's how it's going to turn out. And when you start thinking about some screwed up franchises yeah what really is better they're all kind of screwed up right I mean give me a give me a franchise that outside of maybe the consistency of the of the New England Patriots um you know, I mean, almost. Who who else, right? I, you you could go down the the list of NFL teams. In in all seriousness, and every one of them has issues. I that that's why with Deshaun, and that's what the Texans have to point out to him. You know, it's like, listen, you you want to go to Buffalo? Buffalo's pretty good. Uh, you know what? I, I might throw the Bills on there. Um, you know, just because they have their quarterback of the future set, ownership is set, uh, long-standing uh, situation with their fans. Uh, they they feel like they're slighted all the time, but oh okay. Dolphins, they haven't had a winning team and a real good team, in Eon they don't know if they're coming or going. They're my favorite team, but you know they're still talking about Dan Marino, and he hasn't played in 30 years. I'll give you the Patriots, Jets. You want you want to go to the Jets, Deshaun? Re- re- really? you want to go to that mess? I mean, the New York Jets, who go through head coaches and GMs like uh, Carter goes through his pills. What what are you kidding me? You're the laughing stock of the league. How about the uh, the uh, Baltimore, the uh, the Cincinnati Bungles? Really, you want to go to the Bungles, even though they seemingly have their quarterback and Joe Burrow? But still, you 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 think that's a great franchise? You want to go to the Browns, <laughs> the the pathetic, god awful, biggest waste of human flesh in football uniform, Cleveland Browns? I don't think so. Maybe the Steelers. Okay, I'll, I'll grant you that. Maybe even the Ravens. I'll grant you that. But you're not going to the Ravens, and and they're not trading you to Pittsburgh. There's, there's no way they would do that. Uh, how, how about the Colts? Listen, just Google Colts GM ownership issues and see what you come up with. You want to go to Jacksonville? Uh, I don't think so. With three people as your fan base? No. You want to go to Tennessee? They're not too bad. You know, a couple little issues, but nothing. You know, that's been a solid franchise. I'll grant you that, Titan fans. Denver? Uh, John Elway just got fired, basically, from being a GM. He was booted upstairs. You know, in a proverbial, we can't fire John Elway. How are we going to do that? Let's give him a promotion then. just we'll, Get him out of the position of GM because he doesn't know if he's coming or going. You want to go there? You're not going to Kansas City. You want to go to the Raiders in that mess and with John Gruden, who couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag, you know, who's got the most undisciplined team in the NFL? You want to go to that franchise? I don't think so. The Chargers, with three people again as their fan base, you want to play in front of three people in Los Angeles? They don't even care about the Rams, never mind the Chargers. You don't want to go there. You want to deal with the Jerry Jones in Dallas? No. The Giants are a mess. The Eagles, they just want a Super Bowl. They fired their head coach. You want that kind of consistency? No. How about Washington? They can't even have a nickname without getting in trouble, for goodness sakes. You think that franchise is solid? No. The Lions? Enough said. Uh, Green Bay, I'll give you Green Bay. Uh, Although, you know, if Aaron Rodgers can be pissed in Green Bay, then you know something's not right, right? I I mean, think about it. They ran their last two Hall of Fame quarterbacks out of town in Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. You want to go there? I don't think so. You want to go to City of Losers, Minnesota? No. Freeze to death? No chance. Chicago? That's not too, too bad. Good, obviously, solid fan base. You know, that's not too bad. Uh, You're not going down to Tampa Bay. New Orleans with the whiny crybaby Sean Payton. You want that? You know, no. Carolina never won a big game in their lives. Won Super Bowl? No. Falcons? No. Arizona Rams, San Fran, and Seattle. Fast forward. Seattle's not too bad, but you're not going there with Russell Wilson. So where is this great uh, nirvana place around the NFL landscape? For Deshaun Watson. Does he really think Miami is, is that, you know, God bless him, as a Dolphin fan, he really thinks it's gonna be great in Miami. All right, again, with 15 people in the stands. Uh, and, and they had a poll that said they had, you know, the Dolphin Radio Network uh did a poll and asked fans what they think about their quarterback situation. 75%, 75 said that they wanted two tags. I don't know what two attacks they were watching, but only 25% said they wanted you. So do you really think that's a great situation? I don't think so. So where is this nirvana for Deshaun Watson? But here's what the Texans should do. J.J. Watt is in the last year of his contract. No money guaranteed. It's all done. All signing bonuses... Uh, All salary cap issues outside of his exact salary for next year, all done. I'd put them together in one trade, get a third team involved, because I want at least five first-round draft choices. And I'm serious. And I I think Watson's, you know, great. Uh, I think Watt is is done. But I would put them two together, make it a package deal, get five first-rounders. JJ's due only $17.5 million next year. He's got no cap hit outside of that. No dead money for the uh Texans. Nothing's guaranteed. You package the to two together. He's 31. You know, stayed healthy this past year. Only had five sacks, 52 tackles, but that's basically JJ Watt. That's why he's overrated. But there might be a team that views him as the final piece along that defensive line, veteran presence, this, that, what have you, even though he's never won a big game in his life and he's disappeared in most big games. But that said, you put him together with Watson, and now you go to whoever, whether it's the Jets or the Dolphins – And you you piece a meal together. Maybe you bring a third team involved. You know, maybe the Dolphins don't have five first-rounders. They want to give up. So the Dolphins have to give up something else to another team that would send the Texans, you know, one or two first-round picks. Um, you know, maybe the Texans don't want Tua. They'd rather have an extra draft choice. So you send Tua to, you know, Washington, and Washington will throw the Texans some draft choices, something along those lines. Be creative here. It can get done. Maybe uh, maybe the Texans uh trade Watt to the Redskins as part of the deal. Put him along that defensive line. Uh, maybe, the, you know, all those young guys, all those great high draft choices, not a bad idea, right? Put him on there, give him a little veteran presence. You put Jace Young one side, J.J. Watt on the other, that's not too bad, now you know. Um, So, come up with a way, but if you're going to trade Watson, then you're going to do one of two things with Watt. You're either going to extend him and tell the fan base he's our guy. You know, through thick and thin, J.J.'s been there from the outset. You know, he's come. All the other head coaches have come and gone. The quarterbacks have come and gone. And J.J.'s been loyal to us. And you know what's – We're going to reward him with a nice new fat three, four year contract. You could do that. And I would not do that, but you could, or you trade him. You don't want to have him play out the last year of his contract on a team that seemingly is going to stake. So they are a package deal, whether they get put together in an actual trade package or whether they get traded separately, you can't keep one in my eyes without the other. And personally, as much as I'm stubborn when it comes to this stuff, if, Deshaun doesn't want to be there. Listen, I love him, but we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers here. We're not talking about Tom Brady. We're not talking about Pat Mahomes. Is he a top 10 quarterback? Probably top 15 for sure. Top 10, top five. I don't know about that. You know, he he's not that, that good. So I will, you know, you want to give me four number ones and then maybe another number one for watch? Something along those lines? I'll talk to him. And I think that's the next season. They should break it all down and start all over again. You've got to have so opposite picks for the Monday morning.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
1: right here on uh, sports grid radio sirius xm channel 204 yours truly scott wetzel sitting in as we do monday through friday 5 to 7 a.m eastern time then again on sunday from 8 to 10 a.m eastern time talking a little nfl ran down the nba we got opposite picks coming up here in about uh, 15 or so minutes got a six pack of winners for you as we continue to try and beat the boys in vegas and uh, at at FanDuel. you know uh, we don't spend too too much time on golf but Once again, the ugliness of golf uh, reared its head, and it really didn't need to. You know, I've never seen a sport be more complicated that should be very simple like golf. It it really is amazing. And golf's favorite whipping boy, Patrick Reed, who I'm not going to defend for the most part. Uh, You know, anyone that alienates his family, although I'm not speaking to my brother. uh, Anyone that uh, – or one of my sisters. um, Or one of my brother-in-laws. But I like the sister-in-law. Um, but anyone who alienates his family, who's as rich as Patrick Reed is, it has got some serious issues. They, they really, you know, so I, I am not defending him. I don't know if you saw what happened this weekend Now, he's, he's got this reputation as the guy who likes to skirt the rules, we'll say. Just, just you know, in a sport in which being honorable is everything, because, you know, 18 holes and 50,000 golfers, it, it's almost impossible. Although they have the money, they could realistically. Uh, but it's almost impossible to have uh, golf course officials throughout the course, right? You know, although, real again, realistically, you know, as much money as they make and as much money is riding on this thing, you need one official at the tee of every hole that's 18. And you need one official, you know, at the uh, green, uh, and that's 18, so that's 36. You know, maybe even if, if if you really wanted to do it right, you have one in the middle of uh half the holes that aren't part threes, so that's another nine more. You know, you could have 50 officials. There. It's it's not gonna you know cause them to go belly up. But that said, they don't. They got a handful of officials that walk the course. It's up to you to you know, basically monitor yourself and do the right thing. You hit the club the wrong way, you call foul against yourself. You ground the club in, in the sand trap, you're supposed to call foul against yourself. All these dopey little rules that you're supposed to implement against yourself. Uh, there, there's no, uh, I'll take the fifth in golf, as simple as that. So that all said, Patrick Reed hits a shot that goes astride. At the farmer's insurance, they had some rain on Friday in California. So much so that the golf course was really muddy and, and, you know, rain all over the place. So they put a rule in that if you hit a drive and it goes, uh, you know, into a muddy spot, we'll say, and it, it ends up being a divot, then you're allowed to pick that ball up. Under normal circumstances, you can't. But because of the course being as wet as it is, they allowed that this weekend at this golf course. So he hits a drive Saturday that goes far right. He goes to the ball. He picks it up. He places it down, you know, a couple of feet away, and then he realizes, oops, I really shouldn't have done that without the official here. So let me call an official over. It calls the official over. It says, listen, the ball on my drive was a divot. I picked it up, but there's the divot right there. You can put your hole in the ground. The official puts his hole in the ground and says, yep, I can feel a divot there. So, okay, no problem. No big deal, right? So what's the problem? The problem is the ball actually bounced. So now people are saying, how could the ball bounce and then cause a divot on the rebound? If it just lands flat, no bouncing, then we understand how there could be a divot, but how could there be a divot on a bounce ball? That would really have to be a powerful ball. So in essence, they're accusing Patrick Reed of cheating because he was able to move the ball give himself a better lie. I said, I don't know. If you watch the replay... You know what I think he did, honestly? I, I think he just had a brain fart. I really do. I think he walked up to his ball. It was near a cart path. And just said, you know what? The, my ball's in a, in a little hole here. I didn't know I'm allowed to move it because of the rain, like Wetzel was saying. So I, I'm just going to pick up the ball, and I'm going to drop it a foot back like I'm allowed to do. And then it dawned on him, like, uh-oh, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that without the uh, official in, in my presence. So he called the official over, and they got it all worked out. But I, I don't think really, if you watch body mannerisms and everything, I don't think he, like, said, oh, my God, my ball's in a divot. Uh, I know it bounced, but you know what? I don't care. I'm going to pick this ball up anyway and move it and then, you know, call the official over later. I really don't think it was that calculated. I, I really don't. But that all said, you know, that that's the minutia of it. And in the end, oh, by the way, he ends up winning the tournament by five shots, so it really wouldn't have mattered. He wanted going away. But here's what I don't get about golf. You know, I have a saying here when we play with the boys in Vegas and FanDuel don't make it harder than it has to be. You know, Utah's won eight in a row, play them. Drake's uh, covered uh, nine in a row, play them. They won 10 in a row, play them. They win 11 in a row against the spread, play them. You know, uh, Utah's won nine in a row, play them. Utah's won 10 in a row, play them. Utah's won 11 in a row, play them. Now, I know they lost last night, but you know what? The, the, that doesn't make up for the four other wins that you did have them. When you just take the thinking out of it, don't overanalyze things. Just, just don't make it harder than it has to be. Same thing with golf. Here's the goal. You're out of tee. The hole is, you know, between four and 500 yards away, 600 yards in some cases, 300 par threes, whatever the case may be. How many shots does it take you to go from the tee box to get the ball in the hole? Case closed. Well, that's the rule, Scott. I know it's the rule. But you know what? You know, you can't ground the club in the sand. You know, you can't move the ball in a divot. You can't pick up the ball in a fairway, but you can pick up the ball on the green. You can clean the ball off on the green, but you can't on the fairway for some dopey reason. You can do this. You can do that. You can't do this. You can move a twig, but you can't move a rock, literally. I mean, all these dopey rules. Just, you know what? Here it is. How many shots does it take you to go from the tee box to the hole on the green? Case closed. No moving sticks. No moving rocks. No picking balls up out of the divot. No picking the ball up on the green and cleaning the ball off. None of that stuff. None of it. You you cannot touch the ball. The moment you put the ball on the tee, you cannot touch that ball again until you pick it up out of the hole. Case closed. The only thing you can touch, you can't touch a twig. You can't touch a grass. You can't touch sand. You can't touch dirt. You can't touch a leaf on the green. You can't touch anything except your club. You can't even touch a beer if you wanted to. The moment the ball is on the tee, it's like a batter stepping into a batter's box. You know, you can do all the things you want. You can fiddle with your jock. You can pick your nose. You can scratch your balls. You can do whatever you want until you get into that batter's box. And then it's game on. Same thing with golf. You could do whatever you want. You want to take a shot of JD before you hit? Knock yourself out. You want to smoke a joint and legalize places in, the, in this country? Knock yourself out. But the moment that ball goes on that tee and you grab that club, you're in the batter's box. And you cannot touch that ball again until you reach into the cup. Case closed. Don't make it harder than it has to be. There would be no need for fairway judges. There would be no need for people watching on TV saying, oh, no, I saw him lean over the ball. I saw him accidentally kick the ball. I saw him accidentally ground his club. There would be none of that nonsense. You want to ground the club? Go ahead and ground it. I don't care. Go ahead. You can bury the freaking coat. You can bury your caddy for all I care. As long as you're not touching the golf ball, knock yourself out. Why do they make golf, as anal as the sport is, why do they make it harder than it has to be? Man, you can't touch the ball once you put it on the tee, or you get a penalty if you do, obviously. That's all they have to do. That's all they have to do. And there's no scrutiny about whether I can take a drop or this or that. I mean, literally, It's, you know, if a stick is there, then it's not perceived to be a a standing uh, object. But if a rock is there, then it's a standing object. Can't move a rock, but you can move a stick. Because it's perceived that the rock was there all along, obviously, but the stick wasn't. The, The stick fell down from a tree, so that really shouldn't be there. Who cares where it should or shouldn't be? It is there. It, you know, it is there. Don't hit it in the woods and you won't have to deal with these issues. Isn't that the goal? Keep it on the fairway? I haven't seen too many sticks in the middle of a fairway. But golf is just so anal and they got so many of these ridiculous rules. I'm not joking. I'm really not. Soon as you put that ball on a tee, you can't touch your ball without a one-stroke penalty. As You know, if it goes in the water, Obviously. But I don't care if it's a bunker, I don't care if it's in the rough, I don't care if it's in a divot, I don't care if it's standing on a pile of bird crap, I really don't, you hit it there, sorry, you know, it's like the great scene in Caddyshack, you know, with uh, uh what's his face, um, Chevy Chase, who I really don't think is funny. Uh, you know, is hitting the ball with Bill Murray and he's living in the shack and, you know, he's got it on his pizza pie and he says, you know, can I get a drop here? You know, I mean, if they can play the ball where it is in Caddyshack like that, then why can't they play at the Farmers Insurance Open? I'd like to have one tournament, maybe not the entire tour. Give me one tournament that says, you know what? So, you know, you got something there on opposite pitch. I like that. You know, it's, it throws a little wrinkle into it. You can't touch the ball after you put it on another team. This way we don't have to worry about cheating. We could save on, uh, you know, uh, uh, officials on the golf course, hit the ball, see the ball. See the ball go into the hole, just like Caddyshack. Greatest golf uh, movie of all time. That really is funny. But in the end, he wins, and now everyone hates him anyway because they all think he's a louse. So poor Patrick Reed, even in victory, is uh, suffering in defeat. Opposite picks coming up next. Means time to take out the pad and pencils and get set for the fastest and more importantly, most profitable five minutes in radio. Opposite picks. What are opposite picks, you newbies ask? Well, we give you 7,000 reasons why we like one team and then we go opposite. Why? Because despite all the stats, trends, hunches, injury reports, weather reports, and everything else, nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas and FanDuel. Proved it again, again. Last week we are now 51 up and 32 down. Yep, 19 games uh, over 500. We gave you a three and three card on Friday, so here we go. First of a six pack on this Monday, February 1st. <clears throat> Chicago Bulls laying three and a half against the New York Knicks. While the Bulls were home resting, the Knicks were in a matinee yesterday against the L.A. Clippers in which they gave it their all against one of the best teams in the NBA. Now they play one of the worst teams. Can you say let down? Who's getting up for the Bulls, who despite their putrid record, are actually among the NBA's best against the spread at 12-6. Knicks, meanwhile, an awful 5-8 against the spread their last 13, so they're going in the opposite direction. Bulls blew a late five-point lead against Portland Saturday night, so you know they're going to be out for blood tonight. Love Chicago lane just three-and-a-half at home. Give me the Knicks, plus three-and-a-half. Pick number two, Houston lane five at OKC. What have I told you about streaks, right? Winners bet with streaks, losers bet against streaks. Houston's on a nifty 80s term, five-game winning streak. They're playing great ball since they got rid of Malcontent James Harden, believe it or not. OKC, meanwhile, just 3-6 and six after a nice little start to the season. But reality is setting in with this club, which really is not that good. And oddly enough, most of their issues this year have come at home. They're only 1-6 straight up, 2-5 and five against the spread at home. Don't fight it. Rockets are rolling. Love Houston laying only 5. Give me OKC plus the 5. Pick number three, Louisville laying three and a half versus Georgia Tech. Ah, some afternoon action on this Monday. Two o'clock Eastern time start for some reason. Louisville's lost three and four, yes, but they're still ten and four on the season. And they are much better than Georgia Tech, which is only eight and five. And they've yet to get a real quality road win. they benefited from playing just four road games so far this season, going just one and three in those games. This line should be closer to seven, not three and a half. After losing back-to-back games against Virginia and Duke, they beat a pretty good Florida State team to Georgia Tech their last time out. But again, that was at home. This is on the road. They'll turn into roadkill here for the desperate Cardinals team, which will give us their A game this afternoon. Love Louisville Lane, just three and a half against Georgia Tech. The Georgia Tech plus the three and a half. Pick number four, Oklahoma plus six and a half at Texas Tech. Man, that's a ton of points to be given a team that has a resume like Oklahoma has. Nationally ranked Sooners have nice wins over TCU twice, Kansas, Texas, and just this past weekend over Alabama. They've lost by two to the Red Raiders earlier this season, and now you're giving me six and a half? Love Oklahoma, which has won five in a row. and is on a monster eight and one against the spread roll. Tech, meanwhile, still has to be giddy after rallying from seven down with a minute or so left to beat West Virginia on Saturday. Watch them get smoked by Oklahoma. Love the Sooners getting six and a half. Texas Tech laying six and a half. Pick number five, North Carolina Central laying 15 and a half against South Carolina State. What's this, Mr. Vegas? Out of all the games tonight, we're going to play this one? Yes. I understand most of America doesn't know that there even was an NC Central. Heck, I know half our audience doesn't even know what state South Carolina State plays in. I get it, but I got your ass. Forget the state, forget the players, forget the coaches, forget the whole kit and caboodle. Just know South Carolina State is 0-13 this year. 0-13. But what about covering the monster number here, Scott? They don't have to win to cover the spread. I know, but you know what? They've lost eight of their 13 games by 17 points or more. This club stinks. And now all I have to do is lay 15 and a half to Pika high. I wouldn't uh, take the a high against South Carolina State or vice versa. This team blows. Love North Carolina Central to crush them. South Carolina State plus the 15 and a half. Pick number six, Grambling, laying 23-and-a-half against Mississippi Valley State. What could possibly be worse than an 0-13 South Carolina State team, you ask? Well, how about an 0-14 Mississippi Valley State club? But what about covering the spread? Same thing. I mean, 23-and-a-half points is a lot of points. Yep. uh, Mississippi Mississippi Valley State could lose and, and cover the spread. Will they? No. Why? Because all but two of their 14 losses have come by more than 24 points. More. This team blows, blows. And you're talking about losses to the likes of Grand Canyon, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, North Texas, Prairie View, A&M, whatever the fuck that is. Not exactly the Duke, Kentucky, and Kansas of basketball we're talking about here. This team is just atrocious. I mean, you'd have to be the biggest mope, moron, muttonhead, meathead, mush, bird brain, basket case, blowhard, dunce, thin, with dork, dope, fool, jackass in the world to put American money on Mississippi Valley State. I mean, Mississippi Valley State plus the 23 and a half are NBA and college basketball opposite picks for this February 1st. Knicks plus three and a half, Oklahoma City plus five, Georgia Tech this afternoon plus three and a half. Texas Tech laying six and a half. South Carolina State plus 15 and a half. And it pains me to say it, but give me Mississippi Valley State plus 23 and a half. Our opposite picks again for Monday, February 1st. <laughs> All right, there you go. We'll post them on the website, as we always do, uh, basically right after the show. So in case you're driving around, uh, you don't have time to write those uh, suckers down, then you uh, always just post it there and put all the records of uh, all our picks uh, on the front page of the website, OppositePicks.com. So well, those are some good ones tonight. I, I do, you know, it's tough. It's hard going against them. And I, I like the Bulls. I mean, the Knicks you know, gave it their all yesterday. What are they going to have left tonight? Houston's on a big-time roll. Love Louisville laying just three and a half. I mean, you're basically asking Louisville at home to win the basketball game. Uh, Oklahoma getting six and a half. I mean, with all the wins Oklahoma has, I know Texas Tech is good. And then, uh, you know, you just can't put American money on South Carolina State and Mississippi Valley State. But you got to be legit. You got to be loyal to the system. And we've been doing this now for three-plus weeks. And I think we've only had, honestly, two losing days. We've had a couple 3 and 3 days thrown in there. But for the most part, it has been nothing but winners. So keep it going, and uh, again, you're going to have some uh, rough stretches for sure. But uh, so far, so good with our opposite picks. So not not a great, great slate in college basketball tonight. You know, looking at the lines, you got the Dukey Pukies in action at Miami. Boy, it hasn't taken long for people to jump back on the Duke bandwagon. They're laying ten and a half on FanDuel. I thought about taking them. I thought that line on the road would be closer to 4-5. or five. We, You know, We gave out Duke as the best bet on Saturday against Clemson, but I'm, I'm not going to lay 10.5. I can't put American money on Miami. They stink, but uh, that's a halfway decent game. Yeah, the Georgia Tech-Louisville game is 2 o'clock for some reason. I'm, I'm guessing that was an afternoon game from Saturday. They got postponed. I'm, I'm not sure. There's so many cancellations and everything. Uh, Drake is back on the board. They, they had a home-and-home, home, both home, actually against Illinois State. You know, it's funny. They were an 18-point favorite yesterday. They needed to go to overtime to beat uh, uh, the Redbirds, and they're back to being a 17-and-a-half-point favorite today. So do you go back on Drake? Uh, they did win, but they're against the spread bubble, as I mentioned earlier in the show. You know, got popped first lost the season against the spread. Back to being, again, a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know. It's strange. You know, could, could Illinois State play great one day and then not the next? I suppose, but you would think – that for two teams that needed to go to overtime yesterday, and now you're giving me 17 points, 17 and a half today. On the surface, that's pretty good value. But I, I that kind of, uh, I got scared off on that one. That that almost looks uh, too good to be true. Uh, Hawks and actually later on tonight, I thought about putting an over/under in, but Fanduel didn't have one posted, so I use Fanduel lines. People ask where do I get the lines from? I use the Fanduel lines. So whatever Fanduel has. I do them at night, and then I'll update the lines before we come on the air. Uh, So they didn't have an over/under posted for Atlanta and the Lakers for some reason. Lakers are six-point favorites, but the Hawks have been on a monster, monster under run. How's it now? Thirteen. I want to say thirteen and three, or twelve and three. With I think twelve and three, with two of those three overs um, actually going over because of overtime. So if you do it at the end of regulation, Atlanta's on like a 14-1 and under run. So that line should be – I'm thinking that'll be around 215 or so. I I don't know if it'll get up to 220. They really haven't adjusted the lines on the over-unders on the Hawks games. It's amazing. You know, the perception last year, you know, they were like the Wizards. Up and down the court, you know, first one to 150 wins. But they have a new head coach, and it's a new philosophy, but you can't get that out of the public's mind that Atlanta's a, an up-and-down running-gun team, and they're really not. And, and like I said, the lines have not been adjusted. They're, they're still in the 220s for the most part. You're getting pretty good value. I hate that phrase. I really do. Uh, you're you're getting a good opportunity uh, to play unders because the boys in Vegas FanDuel have not adjusted. So we'll see what that, that – like I said, it, it should be around 215, but no matter what it is – You got to go under. When you have a team like this on such a great streak, go ahead and play it. You got the Cadavers and Teacups playing again tonight. You know, it could Cleveland. Now, the the last one, last night was in Minnesota. Tonight's in Cleveland. I don't know why they would do that with the corona thing. You would think if they're going to have them play back-to-back, they'd make sure that it's in the same city, right? Is it possible for Cleveland to lose to Minnesota twice? You know, Cleveland's not great, but, man, you talk about embarrassing. You would think – the cadavers would be up for that game, you would think. Milwaukee's in action. But I tell you what, that Bucks team, they they keep on losing. They they're barely over five hundred. Amazing, laying ten now against Portland. Can't do it. Just just I just can't do it with them anymore. Uh, Dallas this is only a point. How how far have the Mavericks fallen? Where they're basically pick them at home against Phoenix. I know Phoenix has had a nice little season here. Nothing crazy, but boy. The Mavericks at eight and twelve, and you got Luca that's going off, ripping the club, challenging the team. That team's in a lot of trouble, and the fact that they're only a one and a half point home favorite against Phoenix tells you a lot. Tells you, tells you a lot. Spurs only three. I thought about going with the Spurs against Memphis at home. You, know, you still can't get it out of your head that there aren't fans basically in the stands. You, you just, you know, you look at some of these lines and you say, wow, Miami's only four and a half at home against Charlotte. You know, San Antonio, pretty good home team, only three at home against Memphis. Dallas, only a point and a half. And then you realize they just, you know, the, there aren't fans in the stands. It just, it, you still have home court advantage to a certain extent, but not nearly um, as much as if there are fans in the stands. Hockey, not a big slate, but you got some pretty good games. You got the Bruins and Capitals uh, playing again, uh, with uh, Chara facing his former club. I'm assuming he'll be back in there. Pretty good game. Rangers and Penguins, uh, Tampa Bay, Nashville. And you got the uh, Vancouver and Montreal, uh, Calgary. Sort of thing. So, decent little slate for sure. I will right, well, take a break, close up shop. We'll check out the poll question one more time, and some stories that we didn't have time to delve into. All coming up. Opposite picks on a Monday morning with Scott series I'm a fool, fool. i such a fool. I'm blowing my with you right now.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: update our poll question one more time. And again, that'll be up there all day. We'll update it again tomorrow when we put out our Tuesday poll question. It was revealed that soccer star Lionel Messi makes about $150 million a year. Who should be the highest paid American athlete? LeBron James leading the way. How about that? How sad is that? 48%. Tom Brady, 35%. Mike Trout getting uh, nearly 9% and other uh getting seven and a half percent of the vote again go to opposite picks get your vote in and uh like I said, we'll update that uh, tomorrow morning when we post our new poll question. A couple of stories here that we didn't have time to delve into too much. Hockey, New York Rangers placed defenseman Tony D'Angelo on waivers. No big deal, you say. However, they just signed him to a two-year, over $9.5 million extension in October. Got into a fight basically with the goaltender. He's uh, not played well, and for that, they just uh, said thanks, but no thanks. Amazing. Yeah, $9.5 million. Pissed away. Pelicans reportedly open to trading guard J.J. Red with uh, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, and the Celtics, according to the athletic, uh, interested in acquiring the uh, former Dookie Pukey. How about Jeff Fisher? Hasn't coached since being fired from the L.A. Rams back in 2016. He tweeted a photo of himself flying and said, Where do you think I am? Uh, Apparently, he was in Montana as he is going for the Montana State head coaching job. Wow. (laughs) From the L.A. Rams, the St. Louis Rams to Montana State, no less. That's a drop. How about this? This is pretty impressive. I got to admit, women's basketball, UConn beat DePaul yesterday. So what, you say? I agree for the most part. However, the Huskies were coming off a loss. So this marks now 1,005 games in which UConn's women's basketball team has not lost back-to-back games. 1,005, according to the four-letter network. That's pretty impressive. That really is. Good job by everyone involved. Stay safe. We keep out of the snowstorms. People on the East Coast, we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Opposite Picks. Seriously, send